Griffin, I know you weren't here last week, but uh, I had a little surprise and I wanted to share it with you. I have a new member of my family. <laughs> Don't you freaking dare, Griffin. <laughs> what? You were spared. You were spared a look at, and I can't believe we're talking about it again, a, a look at Russ's earwax that he treated us to with no warning. Oh like, yeah, I don't want that. I don't. I don't. You don't want it. Nobody no. wants it. But he's okay. like bringing it well, up yeah, here. I, now it's funny you should say nobody wants it because I actually know precisely how many people want it versus not. Seventeen hundred people voted in the poll in our newsletter over whether it should be shared in the newsletter versus not. Sixty percent of them wanted it shared, so I I so, need to acknowledge it. And because yeah. that's a lot of people voting. If that many people Bunch voted in every election. Fucking freaks. Um, now, I, I do want to say this. We're not going to go specific because I know it grosses everyone out. It grosses me out to some extent. And the image, when it gets shared, because I think we need to because the people have spoken. But yeah. when it gets shared in the newsletter, it will be heavily uh, hidden such that you won't just it's not just going to like assault you it's the second you open spoiler. your email. It's like, there it's will spoiler, be like a click through requirement. And if you yeah. can withstand the urge to not have that ruin your entire life, which to some extent it will, uh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. We will not. Can we set up like a you. captcha, like a captcha, like <laughs> make people <laughs> really are, go on a quest. A total scumbum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can, but it the, will be uh, well hidden. So don't you worry know, about um, that. They, I saw an announcement, like there was a, a news story going around that, um, uh, Kiss, rather than continue to tour live, they played their last live show at uh, Madison Square Garden. Russ, I'm sure you were there. Uh, and they, <laughs> instead of touring live anymore, they're going to put out like hologram CG versions of themselves that you can uh, go see a concert of. What? Yeah, oh. you can go watch like hologram yeah, like Kiss, yeah, like yeah, Tupac like, performed. Rather, rather. Yeah, sure. I would rather sit through that. Yeah. 100,000 million times. I would rather watch that as I felt the sun die behind me 100,000 million times than look at that earwax picture one more time. Well, now I, you know what sucks, Juice? I know, man. I know, I man. Did, I, know, no, man. Listen, I know, man. No, listen. No, I, I didn't want to see it before. But but now you've opened the door just to crack, and that's all the daylight Russ needs to. I'm here. To, I'm over here. You. I'm over here on Slack, just furiously F5 and waiting, <laughs> waiting for that JPEG it's, to show. I'm. I'm. It's I'm, gonna happen now. I had it primed, and then I deleted it after Griffin said that he didn't want to see it. And now that is so, that is so unlike you, man. I know. <laughs> no, I. I. I'm all about consent. Uh, it's very important to me. You've got um, the green light, baby. Give me waxy. Holy fucking shit, dog. Why is it got so much hair on it? Oh, God. Okay, we are never, ever talking about this again. This is the last time it will be discussed. I've I just apologize. It. It's, still, I, it's gone. It's, well, it won't be. It's going to be on the internet forever. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best year of the year. My name is Griffin McElroy, and Happy New Year. My name is Russ Rush, and I have the best game of the week. Hello, welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a video game club, and just by listening, you, my friends, have become a member of said club. So we're so happy to have you here with us. Do you guys uh, hear that? What? 
Nothing. It's the calm before the storm. Of what? The game of the year yeah. celebration. That's this right. Is a brief, a brief inhale we mm-hmm. get uh, before we we have to spring into our uh, game of the year battle. So we want to take a moment for reflection, right? We want to take a second to look at 2023 and say, hey. This is a year of video games. We're going to look at the Game Awards, too, talk about some of their nominees. And then uh, we'll have some more ephemera for you. we got to clear our desks before the end of the year. Uh, and we're going to do all of that for you right after this brief commercial message. Chris Plant is in here. Sorry, I should have said that earlier. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. So a few things that are, I think are important to remember uh, before we get into this. Thing A, we're recording this before the TGAs happen. The TGAs happen on Thursday. We're recording it just before. So um, I think we will be making some predictions about potential winners. And the cool thing about that is you will be able to, in real time, know how wrong we were because it already will have happened, which is kind of exciting for you. It's a little stressful for me. But yeah. um, Um, But overall, I think we should talk before we get into that. We should talk about 2023 as a year, which is in my mind, the best year for video games that has happened since I started uh, covering video games like 20 That's years ago. wild. That's wild. I don't that's, know about that. That's, that's okay. That's okay. a big, okay. big swing, man. Um, Just like release-wise, there are so many bangers this you're year. You're starting that, with, okay, what year are you starting with? Like, what, what year are you saying you got into games? Uh, well, like working in games, like 20, 2005, it's your statement. So whatever it was like 2005. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. There's, there's a lot of really good stuff in the mix. Don't get me wrong. One of the better years I would say that we have had, I don't know that I feel the same. The I same think way the, the competition year. most recently was probably 2017 when the switch launched and we had breath of the wild and Mario Odyssey, certainly a big, big, big year. Yeah. But holy fuck, man! I uh, like this is these are some heavy hitters this year. Yeah, it, I mean it's very very good. Um, I, I, I mm, 
for me, it, the the big question mark here is whether or not I am saying that I started in t- 2007 uh, or earlier. Because I started writing about video games when I was in high school. So I don't, I can't go all the way to back there. 2007 is very strong, though. Um, very good. A, was yeah, that the, we did this already, right? Didn't we yes. talk about what the best year in games was? Yes. I feel like, where did we settle on? <laughs> I think we said 2017. I don't remember. People will remind us in the comments, I'm sure, but oh, I think I'm we sure. said 2017. Uh, I mean, I would argue there's there's a case for this year being the best video game year ever. There's a case for that. Um, so sure. for me, so, I, this is pointless to talk about, but I will say that 2007 was uh, Portal, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Halo 3, World of Warcraft, Burning Crusade, Rock Band, Super Mario Galaxy. Bioshock. Well, we already established that Halo and, Three is no longer fun. I think we uh, uh, yeah that's <laughs> nailed true. that one down. Uh, also, sorry. Also, the very first Bioshock, Assassin's Creed, Uncharted, Crisis, Mass Effect. It's hard to it's hard to beat that man. That's that's, that's really wild. Good year. That's so many franchises that are still fucking rocking. Uh, that's yeah. that's ninety eight. Now the other one that I would put up there is ninety eight, which is Half Life, uh, Ocarina of Time, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Starcraft. Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, Fandango. it's really a question of like formative versus... North American to beat a Pokemon. Yeah. That's all 98. Formative versus uh, fun games that you could actually play now and have a good time with. Yeah. <laughs> if you're asking me if video games are better now than they were 20 years ago, <laughs> duh. <laughs> duh. They make all old games look bad because they're all sick now. That's and you can point. buy more stuff. A lot of these games, people forget that. Once you bought them, you were done, and there was no other way to like engage with them monetarily. Yeah, and that yeah. sucked ass. And yeah. now it's like the game. There's all kinds of ways you can give your money to it, which is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I think. Uh, well, special yeah. hats, special special <laughs> horses. Yeah, we didn't have those back in my day. Thirty dollars horses. What a day we live in. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. No, I I I'm I'm happy about this year. Uh, I think next year will probably not be the like mad dash of releases that we've seen this year. There's still going to be good stuff. We might still see the switch Two next year. Who knows? We're going to have a whole episode on predictions for 2024 in January, but uh, I think it is worth appreciating. And we will certainly be doing more of that as we go through the game of the year and the TGA stuff um, over the next few episodes, talking about just what a special year this was. I've just realized that the Game Awards are on my 10th wedding anniversary, where I Uh-oh. do I do have plans, and so yeah. those will need to be canceled. Are, and are your plans watching the TGAs? Right. With Rachel, yeah, just hand in hand. That's <laughs> how we started. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Jeff was there when we started. Yeah, you know that, was, like, that was your world premiere. That yeah. was our, the premiere of our love. Um, guys, I got to get into it. I'm sorry. I've got this burning desire to know. And Griffin, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I am going to make you pick. Potter, Zonic, Gunba, Hom, or X. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So this is know. your favorite esports coach are the... in the GTAs. I just want to know like where you're at. Are you yeah, leaning towards the GTAs? Because <laughs> we're going to get into GTAs later. This is the TGAs. TGAs. Which is different. Yeah. Um, it's all the same. Yes, <laughs> esports coach. I mean, Zonic is hard to beat. Yeah, that's um, a great one. I do love what X brings to the table <laughs> in terms of inspiration. Yeah, there's lots. Of, listen, esports is a thing that I've learned in my now defunct 
video game journalism career to just not make fun of because there's lots of people who actually do have very strong feelings. There's lots of Gumba heads out there who are like, how fucking dare you? Gumba puts his heart and soul into this work every day. Um, and Gunba is from the team Florida Mayhem, which I think is probably my favorite. Sounds like something I don't want to experience. fuck around with. Yeah, I agree. Um, you could sort of just say Florida and check that box. I mean, let's talk about the goatee list. Oh, yeah, let's talk about the list. I, uh, let's not talk about game of the year. I think we should oh, skip yeah, that category. Uh, we, we can either come back to it at the end or... I think talk. it's worth noting what I don't six games spoil. they have on this list. Yes, I absolutely do. I just don't want to start there. Is that okay? And I okay, also sure. I also want to say we are not going to be discussing the merits of what our picks are. I think this is more of a game theory sequence because yeah. we obviously will oh, be doing a game of the year series of episodes uh, two specifically where we're actually doing that. This is more what we think will uh, take the cake at yeah. the uh, the Keeleys. Uh, at the Keeleys. Um Can I just go through? Can I hit you guys with some that I think are interesting and you give me your thoughts? Can yeah. That be okay. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about best independent game because that has been the most contentious category this year. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. A whole thing. Uh, in the in the running, we and have, uh, Russ, have you ever been a voting member of this body? Have you? Ever, uh, I uh, yeah, it's more. I wanted to give um, people a little bit of idea of who is making these polls. Yeah, so it's more publication based, is my understanding, and not individual based. But I have assisted in filling out our ballot for Polygon, so mm. I am familiar with this. In best independent game, we have Cocoon, uh, we have Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, Viewfinder, all of which I'd say have gotten. Uh, I guess we didn't really do Cocoon, did we? Did you guys do it on Resties? Yeah, we did it on Resties. How Very is good. it? Is it, it was good. It yeah, it's it cool. a fun game. It's yeah. not uh, really my kind of game, but it is. I for I think a lot of people dig that like logic puzzle y kind of game. Dave the Diver has been controversial. Yes, yes, because it is pushing the limit of what an independent it, it is called into question what this this means uh because it is it is uh paid for by nexon not only a, paid for it let's be clear it's not like nexon published it they are the studio that made dave the diver is just an internal studio at nexon yeah so like it's just like they found however many people 40 people to work on this game and uh, shoved a lot of money at it and made the game. This is not to say I don't like Dave the Diver. Great game. Excellent. But yeah. like certainly in the way that like, what was that Yarny game that EA put out with Yarny? Uh, Unravel. Unravel. It'd be like saying Unravel is an indie game, even though EA like published and produced it. Sure. So yeah. like it's this definitely. Is, uh, it, yeah, it, this is only really interesting for like the, the it, it's a semantic discussion, right? But it does, when you start to like, uh, section things off into these categories, it does start to feel really arbitrary, right? If it does, like but I, here's what I'm going to say. I think there's a difference, if only because I think independent game, ideally, would be shining a light on games with small teams, small studios that wouldn't necessarily get the shine that a game awards would provide. And I do think when you have a multi-billion, I don't know how much Nexon makes, but a lot of money, a when lot. you have a huge studio behind you, it kind of takes some of that away a little bit. Um, is my a little read disappointing of it. that chance chance of Sonar is not on here. I would say that's probably yeah, I, I much better winner yeah. of this category. Um, I, I Valve I actually so. made Chance of Sonar, so uh, I don't know. Oh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, um, for, for me, I would say Sea of Stars is is the is my pick for for this one. 
Um, I think of the, in terms I of, like of what the best ones... example is an indie game. I think that I would probably lean towards Sea of Stars. That feels like and 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 it's also because the scope of it is does not feel constrained in the way that like I feel like Dave the Diver feels more like what we thought an indie game was ten years ago, right? Where it's like this self contained smaller experience, and I feel like Sea of Stars is like reaching beyond its its sort of limitations in that sense. But, I think yeah. Dredge or Cocoon will take it. I'm leaning towards Cocoon mostly because it's a very focused experience that shows its hand very early. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people were able to play it because of that. And mm-hmm. that stuff does actually heavily influence what ends up kind of That's bubbling fair. to the I, top. I think the struggle for Sea of Stars is going to be that just anecdotally, I've had probably four people that I know in my personal life that I've had to bully yeah, into continuing to play it. And it, it always hits, but it's like, it, it's a struggle. And if yeah. you're a game critic who's voting in these and you have a lot of other things to play, I wonder if that'll scare some people off. I yeah. didn't actually realize this, but there is another category, which is best debut indie game, which I guess kind of is more along the lines of what we were talking about earlier. Um, it's the same that, list, it, except... Well, no except for Pizza no Tower, David which I know a lot of people love. Yeah, yeah. And Venba which is a game that I actually didn't play, but I heard Did it was that come out this quite year? good. Venba? No, to Pizza Tower. I thought that came out last year. Oh, uh, no, it was this year. Okay. Very well, early It's been a long year. year. This year's been longer yeah. than other years. It Have has you guys been noticed that? a long year. Can we well, talk about best game direction? Okay. Because <laughs> that always feels like a strange, like, category to me. The yeah, idea let's see that... if we can, like, find the unifying characteristic of all of these games and what makes you think, oh, that's a good direction game. For me, the list is uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Super Mario Wonder, uh, Spider-Man 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2. It's wild because one of those, I feel like the director is, like, in it. I mean, literally like, in it. Is literally in it. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, this is such a strange one because it's not like... The director of Tears of the Kingdom shows up in Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> but in Alan Wake 2, the director's there and is in it. And so for me, it feels like if anything other than Alan Wake 2 went... Don't get me wrong. I think all of these games are expertly directed. I think that Baldur's Gate 3 is probably a Herculean effort in game direction, trying to keep all of those many, 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 many plates you know, spinning in unison in the way that they do, but um, Alan Wake 2 has the director fucking in it, in the yeah, game. Yeah, the director is in Alan Wake 2, and that is really hard to contradict, Griffin. That is a great point. I, I've always I've always wondered this about movies, too. This has been a, a, a something that I think about a lot, is that if the best, if the best movie, how is the best movie not the best directed yes. movie, right? This has always been my, my thing. I think if I had to guess, what they have here is a list of games that are about scope, yeah. And coherence, right? They are big, but also there is a consistency to them, which I would argue is as much of a victory of the production teams yes. and the, the production managers that keep everybody like in sync and on task and best. Yeah, it's like a logistics game. award. Yeah, right. But I, I don't know. Um, that that is would... my interpretation as well. And if it's that, I think it's Baldur's Gate three by a fucking mile. Like, yeah, I think Baldur's nothing... Gate three is very is a very strong choice here for yeah. like. The, the scope and coherence. Um, I feel the same about um, Best Narrative, which is the next category. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, uh, Final Fantasy 16, and Spider-Man 2. I, I, I think Baldur's Gate 3 does stuff in the narrative department that no game has ever done before. Yeah, well, and that's so a much, more focused... Uh, I, like, I think that's a much clearer 
like category because you know exactly what you're judging against yes. where it's just the narrative you know well and i also think that if you t- if you look at like a narrative that is endemic to video games the a kind of story that only video games could do um Baldur's Gate is so much more interactive and flexible and reactive to yeah. what you're doing in the environment i mean i love spider-man too but like that is absolute like there everybody's going to get the same narrative there i mean and even um, even if you look at cyberpunk which does have branching aspects to it there's like let's say in the dlc like four or five moments where you're kind of making like big big choices like there's like 60,000 of them in Baldur's Gate like yeah and it's all and it's all kind of caught I, I don't know Phantom Liberty feels more like uh a little bit more like well you chose that that you do, do you want to take the the vent to the other room or do you want to take the door that's locked or do you want to take Either way, you're going to the room. You know, well, <laughs> like, do you that, want to hack the computer that unlocks the door that gets you in the room? Do you want to knock the door down? But I, I don't think that's the narrative that is being awarded here, though, right? Yeah, like, I, think I, I think this, this uh, cyberpunk yes. fulfills a really interesting space in this year for me because of its proximity to Starfield. Hmm. And and the number of times I, I was playing Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty and was just absolutely knocked on my ass, floored by the quality of the writing and acting and animation. Uh, was I, It was more times than I could count. And I, I think that is just because of how much, um, I don't know, how, how surprising it was, how fucking good all of that stuff is in this game that I kind of had written off, you know, a few years ago. Uh, I, 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 I That game, I think would have won it any other year that didn't have Baldur's Gate 3 in it. I'd, I'd like to talk about a category that I think is kind of interesting this year. Uh, best mobile game. Oh, boy. It's interesting because I have not played a single second of any of the best mobile games according to the Game Awards. And, I, and, I want, and I'm wondering why that is, right? Because I play a lot of games on my phone, and I'm always looking for new games to play. And to me, the games that have been chosen for this... None of them, so they are Final Fantasy VII, Ever Crisis, Hello Kitty, Island Adventure, Honkai Star Rail, Monster Hunter Now, Terra Nil. None of these feel like the kind of phone experiences that like I like to have. Yeah. And the fact that I haven't played any of them I thought was kind of interesting. But do you think that maybe it's because you are, a, <laughs> I don't know a nice way to say this, a dinosaur when it comes to mobile gaming? Because like Honkai Star Rail is hugely fucking, fucking popular. gigantic, yeah. No, um, yes. Oh, okay, so yes, 100, 100%. Yeah. I also, though, think it's indicative of the fact that at least, like, looking at younger people who are maybe playing more phone and tablet games, it's just, like, it's the same three things, right? It's Roblox, Minecraft. Y- you know, like, that is where the mobile gaming space is. It kind of, like, got, at least for, like, younger people, it kind of, like, took a... a, a branching path off there and just kind of hung out and didn't continue to advance well the, but these games are pretty far off from those like minecraft so the, like honkai yeah. star rail is a like a jrpg is like, that mobile gosh-a-pun. only yes uh yeah it's mobile only yes i mean that's i don't know it's just a really I, I i think mobile game that space is really wild what okay monster hunter now what, yeah, that's what is that? That's uh, so Pokemon that's the, Go. Yeah, the Niantic. No, it's Monster Hunter Now. Is what it's <laughs> called. Uh, I I've played. I think actually all these except Terra Nil. Um, Monster Hunter Now. I love Monster Hunter. I love Pokemon Go. I did not like Monster Hunter Now very much. 
um, Hello Kitty Island Adventure, a lot of people were like, Griffin, you like Animal Crossing. You got to check this one out. But it didn't scratch that itch. That's that's the issue for me, I think, with a lot of these is like it's stuff that should scratch an itch for me that just didn't end up doing that. Like Final Fantasy VII, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, Ever Crisis is like a uh, almost expansion of that story, sort of like going into what was Sephiroth doing during the events of this? Um, but I just didn't really like the the playing of it. Mm. I would say Honkai Star Rail is the probably the the winner with a bullet, I would say, yeah. this one, in that it is like a, you know, turn-based RPG version of Genshin Impact and is, like, pretty <sighs> fucking solid. Definitely not a Justin game. Not a Justin okay. game. I, I am realizing part of my bias here is... Uh, to me, you cannot be a great mobile game if I have to sit for more than five seconds before I'm actually playing the game. Yeah, I I can't I can't deal with like loading screens and any of that. If if it's a phone game, I need to be able to turn you on like while something is loading on another device uh-huh. <laughs> for thirty seconds. Um, any other I, categories? Uh, yeah, I have one category I'm gonna call out because I know that one of the nominees for the 2024 TGAs already. And that okay. is the best VR and AR game category. And one of the nominees for the 2024 v- TGAs, again, we're, we're not even a year away from that. It's a full year away. Will be Resident Evil 4 VR. <laughs> uh, and and there might be three other VR games coming out in the next year. I'm skeptical of that. Uh, I'm disappointed that one of my favorite games that Griffin introduced me to, uh, which is Dungeon Infinity Dungeon. Is that what it's called? Dungeons, Dungeons of, of Eternity. Yeah, that's, Dungeons that, of Eternity. That game fucking kicks ass. And I played rules. a lot of it, and it, it got thoroughly snubbed. Yeah, great game. Um, but yeah, no, it's that's uh, kind of a weird category. Uh, do we want to do performance and maybe wrap this up, and then we'll we'll get into performance. Sections? Best performance. We got Ben Starr's Clive Rossfield. Oh, sorry. I thought it was like, how does it run? It's like, that's very boring to talk <laughs> yeah, about. I want to know that, Justin. What was <laughs> what game ran the best for you this year? Look at your fan on the PS5 really cranking. This is, a, this is actually, I mean, this is kind of a stacked category, guys. It really is. Uh, ben Starr's Clive Rossfield, yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy 16. Cameron Monaghan as uh, Cal Kestis from Jedi, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Idris Elba as Solomon Reed from cyberpunk that's unfair i feel like <laughs> uh melanie Leibert for, as uh, saga anderson alan wake 2 neil newbon as asterion from baldur's gate 3 and yuri lowenthal as peter parker from marvel spider-man 2 now i, I will <sighs> say that i would have been fully comfortable with this entire category being baldur's gate 3 people because yep. fuck people yeah. just like crush yeah. left and right 100 percent. they picked one he is the he is the legal they have to have like the fix had to be in a little bit, right? A little for, bit, yeah. For it not to be just a runaway, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but the, uh, even that being said, I think that this category still has some fucking heavy, heavy oh, hitters sure. in it. But it really is, uh, you know, obviously this goes hand in hand with the nat- narrative category because so much of this is like you know great, amazing writing and, and yeah, uh, storytelling that helps support these fantastic uh, voice actors. The, it is not my. It is not my pick though. For the winner, uh, Neil Newbin, who did Asterion, is very, very good. And Idris yeah. Elba is Idris Elba. He is fantastic. For me, Yuri Lowenthal, yeah. as a video game voice actor, right? He has so much to do in terms of, like, that performance. There are so many, and none of it is 
not the majority of it, right? If you look at a script for this game, is not going to be scenes that he's doing with somebody else. It is him talking to himself and doing infinity barks and infinity like reactions to different things. Yeah, and that as somebody who has done that uh, in a vacuum like that, it is really, really hard. And to have the consistency that he has, and he's like bringing it with every single line that he does and like bringing that energy to it that actually makes it feel real and tactile. I think he's doing a really heroic thing in, in, in Spider-Man too. He also has like a ton of range in this game specifically, just because he's having to do that transition into like the Venomy character. So he has like a lot of places that he can go. Whereas obviously previously in the last Spider-Man, like, you know, he's more or less Spider-Man, like, Pretty consistent. Um, for for whatever it's worth, I I think Najee Jeter, who did Miles Morales, is just as good. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think he's turning in a, a, an absolutely great performance. I I would maybe even put him above Yuri Lowenthal, even though they're both fantastic. I I, I, I just think pick. that there are I can think of a handful of just line deliveries that Neil Newbin did oh, as a Starian. Yeah. Like if you if you are playing with a Starian in your party, there's like a scene where. A circus is looking for a volunteer, and you can volunteer a Starian for it. And he's like, "Oh, great, great fun! I'm going to fucking kill you." <laughs> uh, I, I can I can think of just a few of those off the top of my head. I think that's different material, though, dust. right? Like if he, if you wrote really funny scenes for Spider Man in the movie Spider Man, like I I feel like I feel like Asterion is getting to do like actual scenes that humans do in real life right like with sure. a funny script and everything and i feel like yuri lowenthal is putting the game on his back and is like here let me try and also i have different grunting noises for when i'm putting the game on my back and i say my dialogue different um that's fun that's good yeah so it's game of the year. and oh by the way the winner will be idris elba that's not a question oh <laughs> sure. jeff Keeley would fucking sell his left nut to get idris elba to to skype in to that show so guaranteed idris elba <laughs> will win in a walk uh that is i think a good segue actually because there's something else that i know jeff Keeley would have sold his right nut for and that would have <laughs> been wait are we not going to talk about the game of the year uh nominees yeah, i think we're going to save it right we're going to save it Okay, no, let's talk about who we think will win. Okay. Can we do that? Who we think will win. And then we'll Not, talk about Jeff Keighley's right nut. Um, okay, I think Alan... So the nominees are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. First off, let me say, where is the originality? <laughs> These are all sequels. I have a bad case of sequelitis. <laughs> uh, come on. <laughs> Are they really um, turning out another Alan Wake 2? It's been like, um, it's only been like 13 years, guys. How about? <laughs> That's let's, actually let's, interesting. We have to frame it like, what do we think is going to win? I'm not in any yeah. way talking about my own personal preferences. Okay. Though. I think it is down to two games, and I think it's down to Baldur's Gate 3 and Zelda. I don't yes. think there's any question in my mind. 100%. It will be one of those. My feeling is because of recency, and uh, mostly recency, but I also think like, some people certainly think it's a better game, but I think Baldur's Gate 3 will win because it's mm. a, the, it's the game that people are still playing right now because the game takes so fucking long to finish, whereas uh, Tears of the Kingdom came out in, what, April, and everyone was more or less done with it by, like, June, July. I played it yesterday, <laughs> by the way, Baldur's okay. Gate 3. Absolutely, 100%. Still trying to beat it. Um, yeah, I actually would lean towards Zelda here just because I feel like the love for Zelda will be wider then Baldur's Gate is deep. I de- I know it was a surprise crossover hit, but 
I can't imagine it's it's in the ballpark in terms of just like eyeballs that Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has. I I, I find it much harder to envision a game critic voter who hasn't played Zelda than ha- but has played Baldur's Gate three. I think that'd be much rarer to find. And I, I and I will the add bra- to the breadth to support your point in Polygon's top fifty. Number one, Zelda. Number two, Baldur's Gate. So. Mm. That's a that is a good argument that it has more reach. I um, think there is a decent chance of a dark horse Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Oh. Just because it's such a broad, it's such because it, it's got okay, so it's got the the polish, but it's also got the recency. The you know what I mean? Like sure. it's actually more recent, much more than either of those. That's a I don't think that's a very strong likelihood, but I could see a world where if those two split things and you know. Mario sneaks in there. Possibility. That's. A, that's I kind of wish that Vegas took odds on this stuff because it, it's very interesting, but I don't think there's a chance in hell Wonder will be uh, up there. Now, what is going to be announced at the Game Awards? That's what everybody wants to know. Yes. I'm saying fucking Hollow Knight Silk Song. Out now? Out Are you now. giving the out now? Out now. I think oh no matter God. what, the next time Silk Song shows up, it will be an out now situation. I think that is fair to say. Yes, and that's tomorrow, December 7th, my 10th wedding anniversary. <laughs> Team Cherry's going to come in with a fucking over the top rope, fucking moonsault from, with assist from their boy Jeff Keeley. We got Sorry, you, Rachel. Griffin. Happy anniversary. <laughs> it's out now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would be a bummer for Rachel, but happy for us. And I think that would, with the release of Silk Song, guarantee that 2023 was the strongest year in video game history. Uh, that would lock it down pretty well. But yeah, I'm not expecting it because uh, my heart has been broken so many times. The only thing that I really, really want is Elden Ring DLC trailer. Oh, yeah. Very happy. That's that, wasn't that announced at the last... It has been announced. No, no, no. We I mean, at the last happening. Game Awards, I think, is isn't that when they... Sort of I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I think it was absent during the last Game Awards, and then they announced it re- really with just like a screenshot yeah. of fucking Mikola riding a horse, and I was like instantly, hell yeah. That's all I need. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping for that. But I'm sure there'll be some, you know, probably some Death Stranding 2 stuff. Uh, I mean, everyone listening to this already knows the answer to these questions, so we'll see how right or wrong we are. I think we will get a, okay. Uh, this is my wild prediction. I think gameplay trailer for Suicide Squad, kind of re- trying to reset the conversation on that game and try to make it, get people excited about it again. I mean, they have been already, I know you might've missed it, but they've been releasing like, quote, dev diaries that are like 20 minutes long showing yeah, why the gameplay is isn't to terrible. To, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to play that game. I, I hope it's good, but I'm yeah. a little Yeah, I mean, we'll have to to it. talk about it. What about yeah. Fable? You think we'll hear from Fable? Oh, yeah, I, I can see so. Fable showing up. Yeah. I don't think so. I think Keanu's going to show up. I don't see why Keanu would show up unless he just came to just hang out. or Maybe he's the new Witcher. He's the new Witcher, sick. guys. I would love. Can you imagine Keanu's like an old Witcher? It'd be sick. Or Witcher is a baby, <laughs> but it's Keanu. <laughs> his face on there what with the cg and all <laughs> what is this episode of the besties everyone this is wondering how has it gone on so long without yeah, us I, like coming to anything useful any other okay any other pie in the sky predictions where you want to be like looking smart when it pops up on the show there's got to be something that you pull and somebody gets it right and everybody's like wow you're so smart <sighs> so smart halfway through um, bam 
There's like, no way. I know, but like, how smart would I look? That is oh, like a so you're okay, saying yeah. like shoot, shoot some big shooting shots. at every moon out of the sky uh, in the attempt to to really impress everyone. World of Warcraft two. Oh my <laughs> god, I I do think you'll see something like that. Not World of Warcraft two. I do think Activision Blizzard will have to do something wild and desperate soon. I don't think it's wild too. They don't need I mean, to do anything. They're they're on Papa Microsoft's dime now. Yeah, like, that's true. That's a really good they're point. They're set, actually. man. They're good. Starcraft goes. Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. What else is there that has it? What is the vapor? What is the new? Uh. What is the new Duke Starcraft Forever? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the new Duke Nukem Forever? Starfield. Goes? I mean, it's fucking like, Hollow Knight Silk Song. It, feels it is. Like, but a game that like real people are excited about, like you know what I mean. Like I know that's a for, for I us. mean, the real like, answer to your question is Star Citizen because it's a total oh. scam in the way that Duke Nukem Forever was a total scam. So See, I just assume people are playing games anymore. If I don't hear about something, I feel like it's like, oh, they must people must be quietly playing that happily for the past decade, and I just it's got its own ecosystem, and I just have no idea. <laughs> I mean, there is a version you can play of Star Citizen, but it's still in quote early access and has been for. I don't know, 15 years or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, um, even more great, great stuff. I mean, great stuff, especially if you love stealing cars. <laughs> you go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is 
incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Okay, we finally get to the portion of the show where we discuss what Jeff Keighley would have sold his right nut for, and that was the GTA 6 trailer, which I'm sorry to say to him, uh, released a few days before the TJ's. Yes. Uh, I'm sure he wanted it. I'm sure he made the pitch to Dan and the yeah. crew at Rockstar, but uh, it didn't happen for him. But that's okay. It happened for all of us. Uh, after a leak, it, it launched like 12 hours early. Do you and think they'll still show it? Like he's just going to like be on stage and just like pull out his phone and be like, you guys got to check this shit out. <laughs> this is the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. <laughs> zoom um, in. Zoom in real close on this. Dave, zoom Whoa. in. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I mean, it's very good. It's it looks very good. It looks a lot like Grand Theft Auto Five, but in Florida, and I like yeah. that. That's fun. I think that's uh, and that's yeah. what you come to for us. That's right. It's like folks. I mean, it's like ninety six seconds long, and none of it is gameplay, as far as we can tell. But this is like, I mean, it's sh- it's in it's engine, probably all so it's like gameplay. stuff you would see walking around, right? Yes. Um. I mean, this is just how they do it, though. This is how they do it. They they release. Okay, Our Griffin is being unhelpful, so I will help. It Please. is it is uh, in Vice City and Leonidas, the state that Vice City is is in. Wait, wait, wait! Really? I actually didn't know this. Leonidas. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. thought it was like v- Florida. Don't they call it Florida in Vice City? I think it's Leonidas State. I thought it was the county. Anyway, I wow, thought they retconned is... it. Maybe they retconned yeah. it. Anyway, no, so Google Leonidas. Like it, it, it's, it's, I'm sure yes. you're right. Yeah, thank you. So it's in Leonida, which is a Florida is basically Florida. Uh, the protagonist, at least as near as we can tell, is either just a woman or a woman and a man. There, are I, two think, it's I think it's both. I think it's okay. They, they were definitely more focused on the the on Lucia, female, like half of that Lucia. Um, she is in prison and she gets out and she's in you know Vice City, which is basically a Miami uh stand in and as far as like narrative stuff it, she's clearly like putting together some sort of gang it feels less like high stakes heisty and more like a little closer to san andreas in that regard with like more of a focus it on like, feels gang. like bonnie and clyde to me that was mm, my bit, read yeah. of it um, um rockstar has also said that it is going to be set in vice city but also in the sprawl surrounding vice city similar to how grand theft auto 5 had um oh shit what was the name of the city in GTA Five, oh wow, not gonna not gonna remember Los that. Santos, Los Santos, yeah, but also um, like, <laughs> you know, uh, an area twenty si- times the size of Los Santos to to explore and goof around in. So, yeah, I think it'll probably, if I had to guess, just for the sake of elevation, because Florida is very flat, they will probably like futz with the geography a bit and have like Georgia, the equivalent of Georgia on the north side, so you could have like a little bit of mountains, maybe. Yeah. Would be my guess. Um, I'm of I'm of kind of two minds about it. Um, on the one hand, I think they almost had to have a female protagonist, like just to have some new ground to tread. And I am excited if they have brought like 
people who have that lived experience in the room. Like, I don't know what that looks like, but I would be interested to see that sort of story from a different perspective and what that, you know, how that colors it. Um, I will say on the, on the negative side, it seemed like a lot of the gags in this trailer, such as they are, are, are very much about like, look at these maniacs in Florida and look at like, they're directly referencing you know, a lady that stood outside in a in a moo with two hammers or or whatever. They're like pulling direct uh, stuff from direct life, and I I will be a little bit bummed if the 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 big like thrust of GTA Six is like let's make fun of all these like low income people in Florida and all these you know stupid hillbillies rather than like pointing towards some of the actual forces in the country that are worthy of mockery, which it has always been pretty good about, you know, like uh, 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 until it got to a point where it was such a big game that it almost seemed started to feel a little crass, like com- criticizing commercialism when you're uh, making the biggest game, game on the fucking planet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, yeah, I, but mean, I, it, I, I take your point. Cause like GTA five has obviously like a pretty wide range of characters, but predominantly like you're dealing with, like whatever Michael and his like bourgeois like miserable rich life yes and also like everyone in Hollywood and scam artists uh, that are like yeah financially like ruining everything I do think at its core my prediction would be that you will see more of the like politics engine of Florida being like an antagonistic part of this that would be than cool. you will like gang members for example yeah um, um, and I, I think that's like, kind of the flow of like all of the GTA games start like, oh, you're doing whatever crimes for like the small local group. But then eventually you realize fucking Donald Trump equivalent is actually running the show behind everything. Yeah. So I, I think the larger I was talking to a friend of the show, Kirk Hamilton, about this and his point, which I found very interesting, was he had he had actually lived in Florida for quite some time and he is more worried about the idea that like spending this much time in Florida would not necessarily be the most fun because it is such a kind of somewhat soul sucking environment for certain people. Other people have a very good, happy life, but for him, he was so miserable there that the idea of like spending another 60 hours, like traversing these streets with people that he doesn't particularly like didn't feel super appetizing to him, Hmm. which I sort of get because it's like, if Florida's not for you, this is going to be a whole lot of Florida. A whole bunch of Florida, yeah. Um, I am excited to go back to Vice City. I I really, really enjoy that that setting. I have a lot of very fond... I got pretty into Grand Theft Auto 3 when it came out, but Vice City was the first one that I like. Yeah. really, really sank my teeth into. And there was so much about the sort of like aesthetic of that, like the neon-tinted, you know... Uh, flock of seagulls sort of vibe that Vice City had uh, that obviously like it's a different it's a different time in Grand Theft Auto 6 so a lot of the the sort of like 80s vibes will not be present but um, I'm I am more curious about sort of the existence of an online like version of this which they have not so much discussed right uh, I mean, but you have but to assume guaranteed right guaranteed I mean but, I, but I, well guaranteed except like at that point, you are fracturing the player base of what is now just called Grand Theft Auto Online, right? And and so, like, if Grand Theft Auto Online was launched off the back of Grand Theft Auto Five, like, does does that 
get changed? Does that get scrapped or iterated on when Grand Theft Auto Six comes out? Like, I don't know. They, I don't know the answer to that. So I, I talked with a a friend of mine who, uh, my friend Jason, who spins uh, is is deep in the GTA online uh, scene, and I said like. GTA six, what are you hoping for? Basically the sense that I got there is that a lot of what works about that game has been sort of glued on. Yeah. Um, where like the experience was not built from the ground up. He talked about how like heists are way too loose. It's way too hard to find people to play with. Like you don't have that. The menus are like totally a mess. Every time I tried to jump in, it's like so clumsily put together. So like they have this player base, but it is like, it's weird if you think about it where GTA Online seems more niche than it probably should be, right? Like, doesn't it feel weird that well, it, that, that has seems that has seemed to I think I think what I'm what I'm getting at is uh the I feel like they could make an experience uh, the risk of bifurcation is there, but I also think if they do it really well seeing the potential there, they could make something that reaches a lot more people. It yeah. is the, the same story I feel like for GTA Online as it is for Red Dead Redemption to online i don't and i don't actually i've not even kept up enough with that to know if that is split off that's like like done separate thing but yeah that's that's the thing is that the launch of both of those things was so rocky so bad um that i feel like they lost the opportunity to be uh, you know a huge huge smash hit thing that like more people had played because gta online like it is a I would say a niche thing, but the people who are in that niche are fucking into it. And so there is an opportunity here for, you know, alongside the launch of GTA 6 to have a new thing. They would just need to, um, you know, for the first time, really stick the landing of the launch of that mode. Yeah, the idea that you could, like, be playing the campaign of GTA and be, like, at a second, in a second, you could be, like, switch on the servers and be playing your online character and not have to like load in a new map and wait for loading whatever uh, lobbies to happen and and like partner up with people very easily like there's so much they could streamline about it the hardest part in theory the hardest part is making like this entire huge world that they obviously are making regardless and then making sure that that jives well with an online system but like yeah i would really hope that a lot of what they've learned and a lot of the money that they've they've earned through selling monetization for GTA Online over the last 10 years um, will go into making this something that, like, not just a niche audience can get into. We'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, it's tw- 2025, so. I would also like to see a sort of return to that, like, rags-to-riches arc that I feel like was not really so much a big focus in, in GTA Five, but, like, Vice City was all about going from a nobody to, you know, living in a... Being a, a, a owner of multiple small businesses, living in a, a penthouse apartment. Yeah, uh, it does seem like it, it is leaning in that direction because you have the main character just coming out of prison and sure. literally starting from zero, and then you have to have somewhere to go. But you're really right, there breaking wasn't... the mold for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for the for that start of the story. You know, yeah. I was also thinking that that you someone mentioned 2025, which was the the date appended to this trailer. I I think that. Uh, that online thing, it, that discussion probably looks a lot different if you consider the fact that we're probably talking about 18 months from now, right? Like within – reasonably speaking, we're probably talking about spring or summer 2025. Yeah, the, or winter like, bumped. Yeah. I think that's the sort of forward-looking thing that a lot of these like big games are not doing. 
right? They're not saying we're going to start winding this down so we can move on to something bigger after this. I feel like everybody is just trying to cling to whatever scraps they can, they can get, you know what I mean? At the, at the, and isolating a lot of people, like not trying to bring in new people. So I think that it's going to look pretty smart maybe in, in 18 months where it's like, okay, a bunch of other people have fallen off of this. Let's like transition onto the next thing. I mean, I I feel like if destiny pulled it off, GTA can certainly do it. Certainly pissed off a lot of people at the launch of destiny, but it, yeah, ended up making that turning that corner as it were. Yeah. Um, I would kind of want to know, like, if, and you I think spent... if you're a dirty dog, they'll keep it running for you. No problem. <laughs> I'm sure they keep will. Playing them. If you're a dirty dog, don't want to move. If you had spent 300 hours, I guess your buddy would know this, but if you had spent 300 hours playing GTA online and, and God knows how much money you've spent and you've got like a fucking submarine and whatever else, are you going to be cool with starting from scratch? Or... It's actually interesting. He mentioned this, this specifically that he yeah. hoped the next one had a better sense of like developing a character that yeah. you are attached to. He feels nothing for his, like he still, he, this is a guy who still checks in on his EverQuest character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he'll boot it up and see how things are going. Feels nothing for this GTA character. Cause it's just yeah. not, it's not designed that way. Yeah. Um, so maybe the transition wouldn't be as big of a deal. You know, maybe it's not as big of a problem. Yeah. Okay, well, stay tuned for more on that in, I don't know, a year and a half or something. <laughs> I yeah. bet. I bet, yeah. Summer. And then there'll be a delay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Okay, so honorable mentions. Anything people want to call out? Um, yeah, so I, I, I was traveling uh, last week for a little uh, two-night getaway for our uh, anniversary. And I brought my Steam Deck and I played a lot of Teardown. And um, man... That shit's real good. I am. I I picked up the Steam Deck OLED against my better judgment, uh, and I'm actually pretty happy with the uh, with the upgrade there. Uh, I was not expecting to find it as uh, impressive as I do, but it, it looks so much better, and the battery life upgrade truly is significant. Um, but yeah, I feel silly for having gone this long without playing Teardown yet because it's it's really. Uh, a very, very clever game. Uh, and I'm sure we've talked it to, to death. What unlocked here. it for you? Because I've banged my head against it twice now, and I can't I can't get it. I don't get it. Um, for me, I mean, so the, the loop of teardown is you go into a level, there's a series of objectives, and you have to figure out a way to sort of string them together into a perfect 60-second run. And that involves, you know, smashing down every wall between objective A and B or like building a ramp or figuring out some way to move the objectives closer to each other so you don't have to waste a bunch of time, uh, you know, running all around the map because you only have one minute once the the heist part of the level starts. Um, For me, where it started to take off is some of the tools that you will unlock uh, allow for a lot more sort of lateral thinking. So there's like planks that you can get. Uh, And you can use them to build like these insane long ramps that connect parts of the level that probably shouldn't be connected. Uh, You get cables that are used to uh, attach items to cars. So now you can just like, you know, attach all of your objectives to one truck and then start the timer and just drive that truck right on to glory and finish with, you know, 50 seconds still on the clock. Um, once you start to get into that, once you start to get into more of the engineering part of the game and less into the like, um, you know, just sort of route planning, that is where it starts to take off. Um, for, for me, there's a mission, I think, that made it all click, 
where you have to get a bunch of safes and dump them into the ocean. But once the safes touch any moisture, it sets off the 60-second alarm. Um, and also it is raining. And so it's all about figuring out how to get the safes into the ocean without letting them touch the rain outside, which involved me taking a shipping container and attaching it to the back of a dump truck with cables and then just putting a safe inside of it and, you know, planking and boarding it down to the to the shipping container so they don't rattle around. And then I just got them all in one shipping container, drove it right into the ocean and finished the level in like five seconds. And it was so satisfying. And it took me like an hour to, yeah. to get that to, to all work together. But seeing how like this is a stupid idea I had, but this game is actually allowing it to happen just impressed the hell out of me. So, um, yeah, I was there was my moment was there was like a house on stilts. And yeah, if you rip the item that you're trying to steal off the wall, the alarm starts but if you move the entire house, yeah. it doesn't. So I basically mm. like knocked all the stilts down. The house fell. I attached the house via cables to a dump truck and pulled the entire house towards the exit such that the timer wouldn't start yet. And that was fucking amazing. It's really, really. Um, but some, I think it's a brain chemistry need. thing. I do think like certain people are going to be like, oh, I find the like this preparation really fun. And some of them will just be like, this is dull or whatever. Um, I, so I finished the first act of the game, which is, I think, what was there at launch. And it was great. The second act starts to mess with the formula in ways I didn't really enjoy, like taking you to a island and basically taking away all your tools, which I fucking hate because, uh, you know, you can also go around looking for uh, valuables to pick up that give you money that you can use to upgrade your tools. And then just to have that all taken away kind of sucks. Um, and I started playing the Time Campers DLC, which is very fun. It's Back to the Future 3. Uh, and so it takes you the heist action to a Wild West town with tons of like dynamite and powder kegs and everything Horses. explodes all the time. And it's, it's, it's very, very fun and cool. Um, yeah. I also want to give a shout out to Loon Acid, which um, Russ recommended to me. Uh, and I finished it yesterday. Um, I finished it as well. That's a dope ass game. That's a dope ass game. Uh, I it's it was not what I was expecting. I never really played Kingsfield or any of those older from soft titles, but um, it 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 was a very uh, cool game to just sort of like run around and explore. I feel like I did maybe fifty percent of the game before I kind of like found the critical path and just finished it. Um, but uh, I I. I really, really liked that one a lot. Um, I would like to mention that I got a PlayStation Portal. Oh, how uh, is it? Is is oh man, I'm really split on it. I think that it's so I use my Steam Deck to I did the like little tricky stuff you can do to make your Steam Deck worth PlayStation Portable, uh, with the portal with the PlayStation remote play. Uh and I will say so I'm comparing it to that. It works better than the the steam deck solution which Less is kind of yeah exactly it's a little bit tricky you're not getting like the picture always looks great the screen looks great um it assuming take, assuming you have the right connection set up of course i'm saying my personal experience yeah, like, yeah, this, yeah the screen looks great the uh the weird stuff is that like there's weird little things with the hardware that i'm unimpressed by like it doesn't get quiet enough I know that sounds weird, but if you're playing in a room with other people, like 
my wife will be on her phone or whatever in the same room as me and I'm playing a game that has like shooting in it, for example. Even on the lowest volume, it's super loud, <laughs> which is we it's a weird complaint, but it's like I play next to like my kids' room sometimes. I don't want like gunshots. Um so that there is, is a headphone jack. What? There's a headphone jack. Yeah. If I wanted to go get headphones, I'd go upstairs. You know what I mean? Like there is the narrowest sliver of usability for yeah, this thing. I feel you. And it's like they're ruling out any like, yes, I could go get headphones. I could also not play video games, read a book. Like, <laughs> yes, correct. Uh the the head the plug is weirdly hidden in the back. It's not like super pro it's like you gotta get like a weird angle to get the plug in. Um, and none of these are like big game, like big deal breakers, but like when the usability is limited, it just doesn't make sense for me to grab this when I could have the steam deck with me. Yeah. Like so many times, like I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to leave the house. You can't leave the house with the thing. So it's yeah. like, it, it has to be perfect for what it does. If you are in the very narrow use case where you know, this would be you don't always have your TV that you play games on available to you and you would like to have like a portable solution. It's pretty good. The screen's great. It's it's it, the battery life seems pretty good for what it is. Um, I haven't had problems with with lag at so much. Um, some things feel a little shakier than others, but I, I don't know, man. I but don't uh, know but let me just say there's two alternatives that I can suggest. Uh, option A, and we've talked about the. um Backbone. What's the name of that fucking controller? Backbone. backbone. Option mm. A, you can use the Backbone controller, which uh, attaches to your phone. I think it supports Android and iOS. And you could basically play PS Remote Play using that. You can also play other remote plays using that. Option B, which costs essentially $0 because you already own a PS5, linking your um, DualSense controller to a laptop. And you can also play remote play that way. Or computer. I mean, any. Yeah, any any device any and you yeah. can play remote play that way and and i would definitely recommend doing that stuff regardless of whether you decide to buy this thing because you really want to test your home setup to make sure that the experience is going to be good great because if it's not going to be good there's nothing you can do about that yeah i think it's a really weird device i think it's really wild uh okay so uh, real quick other things uh i watched a movie called bottoms and i think it's probably the funniest movie i saw this year um it is a movie about two uh, women in high school, uh, Ayo Edabiri is, is one of them, Griff. And then the other one, oh man, her name is escaping. Rachel Sinar? Sinar? No, that you're thinking of Chances Sinar. <laughs> Rachel Sinat is who we're thinking Rachel of. Rachel Sinat. Uh, it is about two young women that are trying to, uh, basically it is like two young women who are trying to, uh, trying to hook up with girls and they want to meet girls. So what they do is they start a fight club to meet women there and that is the plot of the movie is that these two who have no fighting experience at all um start a fight club to meet to meet people and it is so that idea if it was about two guys would be pretty uh boring i think and it would seem like kind of a weird thing to make a movie about uh but this is a movie that is very much like uh about gender and about like what uh, how that formula being inverted looks um and it's also sort of irreverent in a way that i feel like women haven't been allowed to be in movies a lot it's very it's very sort of silly and fun and marshawn lynch is in it as their teacher oh man i'm sold he's fucking outrageous he's He's hilarious so he's so 
funny. The yeah. whole movie. Ayo Atterbury is going to be the biggest star in the world. I'm so happy to see her in anything. Um, it is great. I also wanted to, real quick, Little Gator Game. You guys are so right. It's one of the best games of the year. What? Uh, it's fucking great. It's like great. It's great. great, great I still great. haven't played it. Griffin, like, Russ, guys, three or four hours and you got the whole thing. I collected all the. Fr- is it? It is. Okay, Griff. It is uh, not unlike what was the game that you all were comparing? A to? short hike. A short hike. You are a little gator that has grown up playing this fantasy adventure with his sister. His sister decides that she's too old for the game, but she's still at the park with you. But you decide that you and your friends are going to make such a kick ass game that your sister will feel like she has to play it. So you're basically, your friends are creating like a paper craft Zelda game around you that you have to play to show your sister how fun it is. And you are, it is the game, there is no map. So the game is about like, how high can you climb to see the landmarks around you to know, to like get to the landmarks that you're trying to get to. There's tons of mobility stuff with like a glider and you can, the shield is only used for sliding. You have a, a shield that is only good for that. <laughs> That's good. Um, you have weapons that you unlock um, that are completely cosmetic. Uh, all the bad guys are um, uh, cardboard and can't hurt you. <laughs> you just kill them to get the crafting out of them. And it's also like this sweet, funny game about growing up and priorities and responsibilities and and all this stuff it is i i'm so happy i was flipping it about it last week because i didn't i didn't i was being ignorant um it's kind of a character i play on the internet <laughs> but uh it is everyone a, loves it, that character it's everyone favorite fucking loves this guy uh no but it is it is supremely great griffin you will adore it are, are you, you playing it with Russ the, are you playing it with it. the girls is it like a good oh game? yeah i got charlie into it after i finished it i got charlie playing it um and I and I played some of it with Cooper on my first playthrough. It Charlie can totally like it's not difficult. There's not really much of a quote unquote challenge. Um, it's very much about the vibes of just like running around this place and and meeting friends and playing in this world and uh the joy of like just traversal is really fun. Um it's great. It's great. It's great. Cool. Sick. Uh, real quick, I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3 in the hopes of maybe beating it before we record our game of the year. Uh, I'm in the middle of Act 3. It is, I'm just like awash in waypoints. There's so many uh, markers on the screen right now. It's intimidating. I have been been going back and forth with this exact problem of like, do I want to try to push through just to get to some kind of ending. It's been months on months and months or, and should I just accept that I'm going to end my time with this or do I want to just keep savoring it and not yeah. worry so much about it? I don't we'll, know. we'll, we'll see where I shake out, but yeah, but fuck man, I'm, I'm just like, so uh, impressed by it. Uh, I also have been using the steam deck OLED uh, and it's great. I uh, removed, <laughs> it's funny. Cause I, I had mentioned this previously, but I had like a grip on my previous uh, steam deck and had been using it for a while and and took it off when I gave my old Steam Deck to my wife, who's now using that to play Baldur's Gate. So I'm using the OLED. And uh, I think the difference in weight is like way more dramatic now because I took the grip off. So it feels way lighter, even though it really is only like 10% lighter. And it's uh, noticeable. I will say that it's I, noticeable, I, I right? balked at, at it when we first talked about that. It is it is noticeable. Um, um, I'm, I've uh, I think that's evidenced by the fact that I played it for literally 
like hours on a flight and my my poor fragile porcelain wrists were feeling okay at the end of that and and the and i would say like you mentioned the battery life like i'm 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 actually flying to the tgas and ordinarily on the original steam deck i would not consider bringing the original steam deck because the battery life would last whatever 90 minutes and then i'd be sunk on the rest of the flight and i actually think i will bring this and it won't last the entire flight depending on what i play obviously that'll differ but it just feels a little slightly, slightly more portable to the point where it doesn't seem like the total craziest thing I could do. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. The weight is something I should have touched on with the portable, to be honest. If I was sitting down for like a long session, I would definitely use the portable. It's the it portal. Feels, the portal, sorry, is so much lighter. Than it the is dramatically it a, lighter. Yeah, it is a big, that is a big improvement. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay, I think we did it. I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews to the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Bray Liner, we have Jill Lloyd Flanagan, and Tana Rossi. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Uh, thank you to everyone else who has subscribed to the newsletter. Um, uh, sincere apologies. Uh, the image will be posted, but again, it will be heavily heavily redacted for those who are not interested I think people in should have to play an ARG to see it, like to solve a series of clues or something. Yeah. Well, I want uh, them to take a look at the amount of effort they're putting into seeing your nasty earwax and then like take a look inside, like an inner look at, at themselves. Well, I already looked inside. It was awful. Yeah. Uh, that I think is going to do it. We're going to kick off our game of the year. We're going to do two parts of game of the year uh, starting next week, which is very exciting. We're also going to do a Rusty's episode uh, next week, which is our final required reading list episode. So if you want to find out the 25 games you absolutely need to play from the last fucking, we did what, 30 years, something like that. Uh, we've finally narrowed it down. It took a while, but we did it. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for that in the game of the year episode next week. Thank you so much for enjoying this podcast and be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!